Nation, in this episode, we sit down with Austin Maliolo. Austin is an eight times CrossFit Games competitor, is the head coach and gym manager at Reebok HQ in Boston, Massachusetts, and he is a flow master on CrossFit HQ seminar staff. This means that Austin has a boatload of knowledge to share with you guys. We talk a little bit about business. We talk a little bit about Austin's history in CrossFit and the competition grounds. Hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as we did. We're recording. We're live. Boom. What is this? This is what kind of podcast are you, are you doing? This isn't the soapbox. No, no. I'm for for Reebok. We're doing a, a panel four weeks with different topics, and then bringing in different like experts within, and then just kind of discuss it. So the first one will be about uh, gym owners and coaches. So we got it'll be a good one. Jason Kalipa, Becca Voy, um, Rachel Newsham is the uh, program director for Les Mills. Um, um, we have a uh, bespoke, which is like a boutique gym here in Boston, a couple of locations. So, um, yeah, that's so cool. So we'll like, we'll you're, do this. You're, you're the host. I'm the moderator. Yeah. <clears throat> the yeah, moderator. I, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'll add no value other than just, you know, sh- just massaging the conversation. And, and are you, <laughs> you're just doing that for that's, uh, like, what's the intention behind that for, uh, like, it, for athletes gonna, or coaches or. Yeah, I mean, it's for everyone. So it's, it's going to live on uh, Reebok.com and it'll be part of our lift up our trainer, which is a cool little um, initiative that we're doing. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool, man. All right. Awesome. PT, to introduce him a little bit. Yeah, give him a, yeah, give him a little I'll intro. Uh, thanks for uh, being on the NCR podcast, Austin. Really man, appreciate it's a, it. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I'm glad you had James on before me. I want to hold that against you. I'll uh, I'll let Pete explain that one. I don't I don't you know. He's the one who sent all the invites. We got James, James has an unfair advantage because he's part of the Canadian crew group chat. Oh yeah, right, he, right right. He has slid himself into everyone's group chat. Uh, <laughs> so yes. So he's on every it. he's on every crew on HQ. Yeah. So he, he after I invited Doobie and and J Mac, I felt bad. So I had to invite, you know, James and then. And then we get started going down the line, right? So you're you're next, and then we're gonna we got handle on after too. Hmm. We nice. got down, we got down the line. We we had Denise before you, so how do you feel about that? That's okay. Ladies first. Chivalry's not dead. I I can respect. Oh that. yeah, I like that. <laughs> and I'm That's sure Pete's awesome. way more, Pete's probably way more scared of Denise than me, so I get that as well. This is true. <laughs> yeah. Austin Maliolo, owner of Reebok, or sorry, of of One Nation. CrossFit, CrossFit One Nation. You have three locations in the Boston area. Yep. You used you used to have one location in China that you don't anymore. Maybe we can get to that at some point. But um, you also manage and run the Reebok headquarters, Reebok International headquarters, uh, corporate gym mm-hmm. um, downtown Boston. And you recently, in the last year and a half or two years, moved that from Canton, Massachusetts to Boston downtown, and that's where you made a huge transition from basically just across the gym to an, uh, a gym, an overall gym. So we'll talk about that too. But uh, you're also on HQ seminar staff. You're a full master. You have been for what, how long, like eight years full master? Uh, yeah, close to, yeah. Wow. And on how many staff years on staff? Yeah. About 10. Wow. On, on yeah. staff for 10, full master for eight. Um, and you've been in the games like eight times? Yeah, yep, eight times, yep. Yeah, as an athlete, so um, that's, that's huge. Your best finish was eighth overall. Nope, fifth. Oh, fifth! Oh, yeah. shit. Oh, in 2010? Yeah. Yeah, okay, 2010. Yeah. Um, and then eighth peak, was peak, 2011. Peak yeah, yep, eighth was in 2011, yep, as an individual, yep. How many times did you, did you go on a team? Twice? Yeah, twice as a team. Yep, my last two games. Yep. 
So when you made the switch from individual to team, you still made it twice. So that's awesome. That's cool. Um, so we just wanted to, to get you. Nice on the shirt, by the way. Ham. Oh, owner of the owner of the ham plan. Right, right, right. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> also owner of the ham plan and father, father of one little girl. Uh, father and husband. Father, husband, you, you, you uh, wear a lot of hats. You're, you got your hands in, the, in a lot of things. And I think that's one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on here is, is um, you're like one of the busiest guys I know, definitely. And, you know, to people listening, we're good buddies and we chat almost every day. And uh, you, you seem to always have something on the go. And it's, it's really cool to, to be able to chat with you about how do you manage all those things. And then COVID happens. And you get even more uh, things dropped on your plate from Reebok and, and mm. just trying to keep your, your three locations alive and keep your employees on staff and stuff like that. So, um, so just, just give us a little rundown of, of, we'll start with that. We'll start with how's life been, you know, with this crisis and how, how have you been adjusting to it? Yeah. Um, well, gosh, thank you for the introduction. I, I don't know if I can live up to it, but I appreciate it. Um, yeah, you know, I think I, I would say that I'm, my scenario is, is not unique. You know, it's probably the same as you guys, but, um, and many others out there that, you know, the longer that this crisis goes on for us, small business owners, specifically gyms, you know, it, it, it gets harder and harder to, you know, run a business. Um, the nice thing is the cross community is pretty, a pretty tight one. It's a, but, um, you know, like anything time uh, will wear on, will wear on your, on your people. Um, and, you know, certainly in the U S I mean, gosh, I mean, we're up to 22 million unemployed, which is a significant number. Um, you know, so, um, 22 million unemployed. Yes. Jesus. That's two thirds of the population of Canada. Yeah. You know, so those, and and those numbers are insane. Like if you look at it, like this, the, the, the stats of like, it's, it's, the the wipeout of what has happened you know in the past gosh 20 years is just, it's there um so but no but i i think the the nicest thing is is that you know we're we're still doing stuff like you guys are adding value i think the concern is just as a as a business owner as a rational human is you know how much longer does you know th- this go on and the transition back in does how 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 much does brick and mortar lose its value um, uh, it's, you know, and it's losing its value by the day. What are the restrictions going to be? Um, you know, in the U S they announced two, two days ago that gyms are going to be in the first phase of kind of business as usual. Um, you know, and, but there's going to be massive social distancing protocol involved in that and stuff. So, you know, just, uh, you know, put together yesterday, a full, um, three phase protocol of what that looks like from a gym perspective. And, and it blew my mind, the things I had to think about on how to run a gym with, you know, got, you know, we, and I, and I'll just take Reebok, for example, we have roughly 30,000 square feet, probably about 25 of floor space, uh, 22 of floor space. And I'm only going to let 44 people in the gym in a given time. And well, did you come up that with that on your own or, or is there like, uh, are they making recommendations? Um, I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm making assumptions. Um, but, you know, with the six foot rule and, and the equipment that we have upstairs in traditional gym with the size of studios that we have and with the, with our CrossFit space and, and sort of just generally speaking, if you have a barbell and say a box, what that's going to look like, um, you know, changing, you know, so not, so changing our class times to 45 minute classes, if not a half hour, um, no transition time, for, uh, so there'd be no overlap, um, you know, in, in the gym. So if you're in the six o'clock class, you're out of there by 645. And then there's a seven o'clock class and making sure that, you know, you don't have certain amounts of people in the gym. So just thinking about that stuff, which is crazy. Even things like, you know, when you open the gym or when you close the gym the night before, you have to set your stations up. So there's no congregation around equipment. Um, where the plates are, you know, you guys know where to congregation happens, you know, in the middle of a class can't do that. Um, you know, so, you know, even in, you know, an open gym, which we have massive amounts of members at Reebok, you know, you know, we're only going to be allow certain people. For, so I have to set up time blocks, right? So, you know, you have to, and to come into the gym, 
pre-registering for class um, with massive penalties if you register for class and don't show up because it's a big deal. Um, yeah. So just, you're, you know, you're doing 44. I just want to ask you, you're 44 people. Is that based on you just make six foot squares over your entire facility and you imagine that there's one person in each square or did you just use your, your usable gym like workout space? Yeah, so I didn't go off square foot. I went off usable gym workout space, but also like, um, you know, what kind of going worst case scenario, right? So like, because it's got to yeah. be blanket. So if I'm going to use a rower, if I'm going to use a pull-up bar, like, you know, it, it gets very difficult to keep six feet. Um, so it just, it's unbelievable how little people you can, you can actually fit in a gym. If you want to utilize your gym, it'd be not hard to sit people in a, in, you know, to get a bunch of people in there with a the dumbbell, but people, I think you're going to want to use some damn equipment when we get back in the gym after this. So, yeah, um, yeah. most of the yeah. time I look at, I look at our gym and I'm like, we have too much space, you know, 10,000 square foot. That's too much. It's, it's empty half the time. But now we're going to be probably happy to have all that square footage as soon as we can reopen and, and have those restrictions. Yeah. Even just thinking about how you program workouts, because like you said, the pull-ups, people moving from one station to the next, like Nightmare. people aren't going to be used to having to like almost wait their turn to get in position for a certain movement or maybe it's going to be like more EMOM style to use certain pieces of equipment. So people are, are limited to how much time they spent on that and a transition yeah. period. Like it's crazy. Think about yeah, this I mean, though, Austin, I want you to answer this. It's like for CrossFit, that's not that big of an issue, I think, because we generally have a lot of floor space and we always kind of have our own space. Imagine like the boot camp style gyms. And I know you run boot camp and spin classes and yoga that are like spin classes are notorious for just capitalizing oh, yeah. on square footage. Right. So it's mm -hmm. just like, you have 40 bikes in a room that's the size of this, my home office right now, you know? So it's like, like, how are you going to do that? Yeah. So as I, I just pulled up my, 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 so yeah, like we're going to, we have third, we have like 30 something bikes and we're going to, and we will essentially, so like we have a, a, a whole facilities plan where, so every class will have, will alternate bikes. Every third bike. So we'll only let 10 people in there. And so then the same people don't use the same bikes and we all get to sanitize the bikes as well. So like a whole rotation plan. So it'll, it'll be all that stuff. So it'll be a lot, hmm. but I mean, to your point and this, but the, the, here's the concern, right? Like, I mean, let's just, you just do some, if you're going to do this, what, what does this mean? Mathematically, you're going to have to, have more classes and what increase you know, your payroll and increase your payroll so this becomes a big problem for small boutique gyms um and therefore again putting the strain on brick and mortar um yeah so i mean it, it, it the fate creating a plan to 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 do this is not hard implementing it's not hard it's how do you create a viable new business model i think is the challenge mm -hmm. yep there's I think a of, the, there's a lot yeah. of things that just kind of come to my mind right away. Like even as a coach, like it, as a coach, you know, before COVID we had the liberty of like walking around and coaching people and getting close to them, giving them some tactile cues and stuff. Now it's like, I'm just kind of picturing it in my head. It's like, it's probably best to have the coach at the front of the class, like standing on something or whatever. I, I don't know what that looks like, but there's just so many things that come out of this. Sorry to cut you off PT. No, no, that's fine. That's, that's, that's very true. Like we mm -hmm. think of just the, 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 the space that an athlete gets, but like think of how many times you get in a six, you know, six foot radius of an athlete when you're coaching them it's under intensity, especially right. You get in there, you're, you're, you're nice and yeah. close. You're like, you know, you're showing them or anyway. So yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be one hell of a challenge too. Do you think, yeah, how about are, or do you think gyms are going to end up having to raise their prices? And the people that like, I mean, it's, it's, it's a shitty situation because a lot of people are losing their jobs and, and this, but at the same time, uh, a lot of people don't, haven't lost their jobs. Maybe they're going to be willing to pay a premium for a gym who can put the pieces together to open up and stay operational, you know, considering all the things, the list of things that you just went through that add costs to your operations. Like yeah. it, at some point it might have to be done. I don't know. I have a hard time thinking that 
you know, if you're a gym that is properly priced, you know, in, you know, in, in, in your tiers where you are geographically, that inc- I mean, I just think about our prices. Like I, I can't imagine increasing the prices too much more. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, it's expensive. I mean, it's like yeah. you guys, I mean, if you're paying 200 bucks a month and then, you know, that's, that's no joke money for people, you know, I mean, that's real, that's real stuff. And, you know, and not only that, you're actually limiting them. You're making their, you're making their job. Like if you could make the argument that we, you should lower prices, right? Because you're, you're making it harder for them to work out. You're going to, you know, you're, you're limiting the times, their times might not be available. Ugh. So I'm, yes, I think, you know, on paper, what you're saying makes sense. I think in application, I think it's going to, you're going to have a hard time doing that. Mm-hmm. Austin, do you, do you uh, right now at any of your gyms, do you cap classes? No, we don't. I mean, we, and, okay. and for the simple reason is we have a few spots like, like, like our Boston class at like four or five o'clock, like that, that should probably have a cap because that, I mean, we got 20 or 30 people, but not all of our classes are there yet. But yeah. the nice thing is, is that, you know, and I know some gyms that do and some gyms that also like sell essentially off peak or on peak memberships. Like you might have to get creative with that stuff. Like, essentially sell peak and and off peak memberships. So maybe it's like you're and you and you and those peak hours are more expensive and you charge for that and then those off peak hours are are cheaper and then you can fill your gym up at 11 at 2 p.m. at you know those times that are normally not that that's I've always thought about that idea of peak and off peak it's a nightmare of tracking but since we're going to undoubtedly people are going to have to RSVP beforehand mm-hmm. I think that tracking and checking in now becomes less of a problem because that you have to do that. So I think those are some, some ways to play with that. But I mean, I mean, yeah. even at, and at Reebok, you have to, you have to RSVP for open gym, you know, like we're, which is kind of crazy when you think about it, where that, that I have to track how many people are in the gym. And that's, that's what, why I ask is, um, you know, because that the luxury of not having capped classes is like, you know, we've always used that as, as type, as, um, yeah, almost, almost like a marketing tool to say like, Hey, we are the same price as another affiliate, but mm-hmm. that affiliate has half the classes and half the classes. So it's like the, the argument to lower or raise the prices can be, can be made if you say, okay, well now we have the exact same coaches as before. So I'll just take you guys an example. Like, you have world-class coaches at the Reebok gym, right? We, how many, there's like three flow masters that work there, right? And coach and, and a hand, another handful of, of guys who are on staff. You are probably the most decorated coaching staff in the entire world. So if you could make the argument that like, okay, well now we're capping the classes to 10. That means you're not, you're going to have way more attention with one of the best coaches in the world so you could make that argument that now we can charge more. Yes, unfortunately, but you know this, that, that coaching, your coaching acumen and skill does not get new members. It keeps them. Yeah. You know, so no one gives a shit about my, my you know, how, how long I've coached or, how, what I, or what, what letters I have after my name. Nobody cares. I'm, I'm, I'm a five, five, you know, half fit looking dude with a gray beard, you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I charge 200 plus dollars a month for my membership when they, when they, when they can go down to Equinox for a hundred bucks a month and get, you know, a CrossFit knockoff, you know, class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But people come there challenges. and, you know, then obviously we don't, you know, and the, the, unfortunately, and here's another thing that sucks. And you guys get know this because of where you guys are. People come to your gym, they join. Great. They take classes with you. Great. They still really, they love you. They don't really care about you too much, you know, you know, but then they leave or they go to another gym and then they come back and what do they say? They're like, Oh, you guys are really good. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Yeah. How many yeah. times do you get that? Quite often. <laughs> you never, you, you never get that. Like, Hey, I've been here a month. You guys are the best coaches in the world. They don't know. Yeah. You're just norm. You're just, you're just a coach to them. So and that's what's tough about this business is that how good you are doesn't matter until you lose people or they leave you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a, a testament to that is you probably have this too, is when people move. All you, the time. You, you, 
you must get a lot, but not necessarily move away, but move to your city. Like you'll get people like we'll, we'll get a shitload of people that come in and they've been doing CrossFit, but they just moved to Ottawa and they've been, yep. just been told like, you have to go to this gym or, you know, recommended. So that's, that's uh, another, it's like the opposite. It's like you, you can get a lot of people through that, but you're right, man. Once people leave and, and come back, it's the only real way to, to actually, yeah. you know, for them to have a little bit of a contrast or, or difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was going to say, um, so through, that's like your Reebok gym, right? So that's um, a gym that you don't necessarily, you don't own, but it's Correct. your, it's, yeah, it's one of your jaws. Like it's, it's um, so what would be your title there at Reebok then? I guess you could say GM, general manager. Okay. So general manager of the, of the gym. Yeah, um, and it's a gym. We should, we should specify that before it was a gym only for Reebok employees. Yeah. Which is really cool. So for people out there listening, like I remember before when the gym was in Canton, Massachusetts at Reebok headquarters, you guys had about a thousand employees Yep. and there was 600 of them were members at the gym. Yep. Mm. Which is, which is amazing. And that's I, really I, that's what I always loved about Reebok is like, they were the, you know, they were the, the company for CrossFit, but it was just like everyone lived it. So the people making the shoes that we wore at the games did CrossFit. You know, the people making the shorts that we, that we cleaned with did CrossFit and did clean. So I thought that was like, um, that was always something really cool about Reebok. But now that you guys have moved away and there's been some relocation for certain employees, it's not just an employee gym. So you, you're open to the public. Yeah, so not 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 open to the public. We're sit, well, I would say we're, we're like uh, you know we're like a country club, very limited. Um, so obviously we're you know we're, we're smaller you know we're smaller you know we have about seven hundred Reebok employees on site, um, give or take. Um, and then we're in a building, the Innovation Design Building, which is a two point one million square foot building right in the seaport in Boston. Um, and you know, there's, there's 30 plus companies other than Reebok there from companies that you might, uh, you know, recognize like Boston beer, they, you know, Sam Adams, you know, no, that's, you know, that's part of their, their repertoire there. Um, Autodesk, which is a huge, like, you know, CAD company. They do a lot of like 3d printing, a bunch of, uh, so it's all innovation design, super, really cool stuff. There's self-driving cars and stuff like that in there. It's wild, but all of those employees of those respective companies, they are allowed to join. So you have to work in the building. And then from there, it's just a normal gym. So, you know, we have our prices and they can join. So, um, you know, obviously like, like all of us, you know, we, you know, pre the crisis we had, you know, we had about 200 members um, uh, out of the building, which is pretty cool. I mean, and, we're, and, and just to be clear, you know, you take Reebok employees out of it, you know, there's about, you know, 2,000, 2,500 other people that work in the building. So the ratio is very high of members that, that are joined. I mean, if you think about how many people live in Ottawa and how many people are, are members of your gym, that math doesn't even, you know, you have a fraction of a percent. Um, I want you to, I, you've explained this one to me before and I think it's super cool. And I, I know it's a project and it's a method that you came up with. Talk to the guys about how Reebok employees pay for their membership. Yeah. So the other side of that is our Reebok members that we have, you know, about four or 500 of, which is pretty cool. But when we first, you know, uh, moved there, I, I had the unique opportunity to come up with a new membership for the employees. Um, the move was tough for a lot of people because we moved from the suburbs to the city, the commute. So there's, it was tough just for you know, myself included. And it was, I'll never forget, you know, it was really, really cool. Matt O'Toole, the president of the brand, he was like, I really just want to make sure that, you know, fitness is a part of everybody's lives. Like it just, he made it clear that this is an important aspect. Granted, we have a 30,000 square foot gym in our headquarters, which is, yeah. if it's not, if that's not a statement enough, I don't know what is, but um, I've always wanted to incentivize people to work out, but you know, there's a lot of laws around that, but I don't know why I didn't think about it sooner, but essentially what we, what we did was, all right, well, employee pays $75 a month for the gym, which is obviously for those with scope cheap, um, mm-hmm. you know, but that that's the price. And really what that was is it was the same if you were a member of both gyms, the CrossFit gym and the fitness center uh, in our old headquarters. So it's comparable at worst case scenario. Um, but every time you check in, you get a credit of $7.50. You check in 10 times in a month, your gym membership's free. 
Wow. So Man. essentially, so essentially you, you work out, you come to the gym, you check in 10 times, boom, it's a free membership. So worst case scenario, it's $75 a month. Best case scenario, it's free or somewhere in between. So we had to come up with a lot of logistics and protocol to, you know, track that and all that other stuff. So we have a lot of, well, you know, it is a good amount of admin work just because you're, you know, of, of how many entities you have to deal with in a corporate world to make that happen. But um, I mean, the efficacy of it's pretty amazing. I mean, we see over 50% of our members get ch checking in 10 times or more. Um, wow. That's awesome. We, I mean, I mean, I, out of all those, out of, out of those, you know, four or 500 people that are in members, we only see like 20 that don't check in at all on average. So from a corporate wellness perspective, you know, I've yet to see another program that's as efficacious um, because you have one of, and, and, and what's the difference? Well, we have a, a, a facility, beautiful, which is not unique. I mean, I'm sure you go to any other, you know, headquarters out there, you're going to see a beautiful facility, right? Mm. But what don't they have? A staff. I mean, I have a full-time staff multiple trainers that now are that, that's our job to run and curate the community um and and with that we have both no different than your gym you have facility but you also have a good group of people and and and, and you're and you're good at what you do which allows you to be a successful gym you take that same concept you have to apply it to corporate wellness and that's the big missing corporate wellness now is that it's usually just uh, uh you know at the very best you see a, a third party get paid Here's a hundred grand a year, staff it out with contractors, with coaches, whomever. And then you see it being used at 20% of its possible value at best. So, you know, that's the, but they have it, they check the box. Right. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really cool. That's an awesome incentive. I mean, you always hear about, about stuff like that. And I've always wondered, uh, always wondered how, how well they would, they would work, but obviously you guys have it down And what, uh, like, I'm curious to know, probably given your job title and all this, you, you've looked into how insurance companies could potentially be linked in, you know, long, down the road, long-term or, or maybe, I mean, cause I know in the States, the insurance setup for health insurance is a lot different than what we have in Canada. Is that something you kind of dig into as a GM? And yeah, you know, it's, there's a lot of, it's tough uh, because of uh, they call it HIPAA, which is just privacy. Um, you know, so getting that data is a little more challenging than one might think. Um, but it's, and it also takes time, right? You need to have, so essentially, you know, when we moved, everything gets blown up, right? So you, know, you can't, I can't use data from the past, but what I can, can show is, all right, what I can track is year end data, year end cost, right? So, so essentially what you track is cost versus company. So, you know, it's, and, and the health insurance companies can give that to you. You know, what were the premiums paid, blah, 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 blah. You get that number, say it was 5 million, whatever. And then and we'll track that against how many people were members of the gym versus how many people checked in. And then you can track that, that those are two simple data checkpoints, right? What's the cost versus how many people are actually coming to the gym versus the national average, right? So then you could, you could draw some concept there, but nothing will count unless you get five years of data either. either. So we haven't been there for five years. There's, and, and, Insurance companies in the States have a lot of, you know, they give you 150 bucks for your gym memberships or things like that. So there's some incentive um, that they do. I mean, as we know, 150, it's like great for in the CrossFit world, that's not even a month of membership for some gyms, but it's something. Some smaller insurance companies do some incentive stuff, but the bigger ones like, you know, the Blue Cross Blue Shield, Aetna, things like that, which you probably heard about. Um, certainly with big companies, they're not going to have that stuff because we're talking you know, you know, 70, 80,000 employees that have coverage. Um, so it's, it is very different than Canada, but um, my goal over time, and, and there's some unique stuff that's happening in the market. Um, you know, like bigger companies are now putting actual like um, walk-in clinics on site. You know, so like big companies will oh. actually have, and then, so I'm, I'm in talks with some company with, with a few of them of like, Hey, like you're putting in a, you know, an urgent care, for example, which is really cool, um, which is way cheap. And, 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 the, and the company pays for it, but it's way cheaper because it's all in-house. But then it's like, well, I'll put in a gym, you know? So yeah. I'm, in I'm talking to a few of them about that stuff. Um, and I think that's the future of medicine to be, uh, if, you know, I don't, I don't foresee the U.S. changing its healthcare. It's just too big. It's not going to change. Uh, but 
I do think the if you're going to do it private, which it is, then big companies obviously pay for most people's insurance. Having their own clinics, it's it's a very smart way to do it. And over five mm-hmm. years, big companies get an ROI too. That's really, That's really cool. awesome. Yeah. So yeah, so it's like there's there's the the business model of bringing clinics in, but also just hiring out to bring in gyms and outfitting them and. With your expertise, I mean, I couldn't think of anybody else more fitting to to be that consultant there to to bigger companies out there and 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 do that. Um, awesome. Let's switch gears a little bit. Switch it. So we're the same age. We're thirty. We're thirty-two, right? You're thirty-two. I think so. When are you born? April. I, I'm no gonna shit. turn. What year? Oh, eighty-seven. Yeah, I'm an eighty-seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eighty. I'm an eighty-seven so, too. So we're, we're, we're the same age. And when I met you, we were 25 and you were already in the role that you are in now, obviously mm. through, through, through the last seven years, you increased your responsibilities and, you know, added gyms to that repertoire. But how did you fall into that at 25 years old? Like, give us, give us a little, uh, you know, a brief little history of, 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 mm. You know, how you found CrossFit and how you ended up at Reebok headquarters. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I guess I started, I went to Reebok, I was 22 or 23. And, and I, so well, I'll, I'll back it up. I found CrossFit, back it up even further because my, you know, my, my CrossFit journey is a little unique. I was, um, I was a degenerate youth for those of you that might know. Um, and I was kicked out of college. And when I was kicked out of college, I was living at home, working construction. I was also taking night class at the local community college because in the States, in order to keep your health insurance benefits as a college kid, you have to take at least 12 credits a semester. So I was taking 12 credits at the community college, working construction and personal training. So, um, and that's where I was personal training in, in Milford, Connecticut, um, at, at the Milford Sports Club. And, you know, you guys were personal trainers before CrossFit? Anyone? Were you guys? Yeah. I was. Pete. Yes. Yeah. So, like, you know, for, and for those of you out there that you know, personal train, you know, currently or in the past, there's always, like, a veteran trainer. He's usually bald with some type of goatee that, you know. <laughs> Right. And, but like knows a lot. Right. And, and the younger trainers look up to them and they always have some weird, like some bullshit Reiki technique, you know, like, or like something that like sets them apart. Right. And they, they usually train some type of client that is a, has some acumen, right? Like you know, he trained a, like a, like a, like a downhill snowboarder in the Olympics, you know, and we wouldn't, we'd never hear enough of that. But anyway, looked up to the guy and it's like, you got to try this CrossFit thing out. And I was like, you know, and I was a meathead, you know, like just a full-fledged buys and tries, back and chest, you know, abs every day, legs on Friday, that type of stuff, you know, you know, all that. <laughs> and and he's like, I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever, I'll do it, you know, because you, know, you listen to this guy. And he's like, they have this workout. It's like, it's like, it's they call it Fran. I'm like, what the hell's Fran? Like, it's like the what's your bench press of CrossFit. I was like, all right, cool, let's do it. And I did Fran, you know, and he told me how to do it. And I, you know, I did pull-ups in a rack and with metal plates, and I did Fran, and you know rocked my world sure none of my reps counted throw up into a garbage can you know did in like five minutes or something like that and i was like this is stupid but it was kind of cool i was like 95 pounds i can dumbbell press that in one hand you know and (laughs) it rocked me and so that's how i found crossfit Um, five minutes is a good time for your first time yeah but i'm sure it didn't like nothing actually was legit but yeah i remember specifically 455 and you know (laughs) And I'll actually show you something because I'm down here and, you know, I have my workout history log. No way. And, and this is how and, big that is. <laughs> That's hilarious. I recorded everything. And you can, and as you take a look on this, literally chest and tries, back and biceps. And, and then, and then towards the end of this, like this is like each week, 21, 15, nine, 95 pound thrusters and pull-ups, 418. My Whoa. first friend, I wrote that shit down. Again, I'm sure it didn't count, but I wrote it down. Crazy that I have this. But That's crazy. Anyway. Rez, you got some stuff like that. You, you, you got like log books on log books. And- yeah, yeah. I just I actually just sent Pete a video of me doing Fran uh, in like a cage style thing with like steel, small 25-pound plates. 
elbows banging the knees every time, like just yeah. brutal. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I love that. So yeah, anyway, I, and then of course I fell in love with it. Um, opened up two credit cards so I could pay for my level one because I only gave me a $500 limit. So, you know. That's you know. amazing. Yeah. What a, what a good investment. I mean, at the time I was like, I got to do, I, I had to go to Olympic lifting seminar because I, I bought the, the, the 2008 manual uh, for the game, right? Doesn't, there it is. Wow. Amazing. Right there. So, I, and, I, and I, I circled everyone's times on the best workouts. I, if I just beat everyone with their scores, I'll go to the games. <laughs> and because i was like i mean that's, that's good logic i mean yeah i bought the movie every second counts i went to my olympic lifting seminar because i didn't know what a snatch or a clean jerk was Phys i had literally no idea what they were i didn't even i had to look it up and it was concerned when i looked up those those things i was like all right so i had to do that and then, yeah i went to my level one and and you know i'll spare the whole story but then you know i went to the games the next year uh, in 2010 and that's where I finished sixth um, and how old were you uh, there so I graduated college instead of graduating 23. College, 23. 20, 23 or 22 right I don't know it was 2010 yeah. so whenever the hell that was I really struggled with age and math um, but and then luckily I did very well at the games so and as you guys know, in, in, in any line of work, but specifically a very small world of CrossFit, it's all, you know, everyone knows each other at that point. Mm -hmm. So uh, I remember shooting Dave uh, Castro an email. I was like, I'd like to intern on seminar staff. And I got an internship opportunity. And then I got contacted by Reebok to get sponsored because they signed the deal that year right after the games. And yeah. then, and so then I went out to Reebok and so I, around the same time that I uh, was get, I got, uh, I got on seminar staff and I was like, Hey guys, you know, they sponsored me, which was really cool. It was crazy that a company was willing to pay me money and give me free clothes to work out. Didn't really understand it. You know, so weren't, like, you, weren't you sponsored by skins before that or? Well, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. So I reached out to skins, but they just like gave you product. Right. So like, I was like, Hey, I wear your stuff all the time. And they're like, yeah, we'll send, you know, so that's, I got skins, skins. And then like, and I had like, I think it was like, um, you remember two pood? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 So those guys. So, you know, you know, it's good, you know, sort of the, the good old days. And, um, but then, you know, and I was like, Hey, if you ever need a coach, let me know. And I just threw, I was, I was living in Albany now at the time because my wife worked at uh, state farm, which is just North Albany. Um, and then I was coaching at Albany CrossFit and then they said, Hey, Ackerman. With Jason Ackerman, yep. You know, at the time, looked like baby Jesus with long hair. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I uh, yeah, and they said, yeah, come out and coach. And I was like, wow. And it was a big risk because it was just a contracted position. You know, it wasn't like a job. You know, full time job. It was just a contracted position. And I just remember, like, you know, the sleepless nights of like, what should I do? Like, it's super risky, right? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, it, 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 you know. And Marin had a real good job, right? Like shoot. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that, so that, I mean, with that, like the, the, the stipulation was she wasn't allowed to come to mass to Boston until she could find a, a, a job. Cause I was like, you can't follow me here and, and leave your job. So she stayed in, um, in, in Albany while I was, I was in uh, Boston for, I think it was like a year. Wow. Um, and then she got a job at Liberty mutual, um, similar work. And, um, which was not, which was great. And then she moved out, but then, and then, you know, I just started as a coach because, you know, Reebok just started out very similar stuff. We're just like most places like, Hey, here's some CrossFit classes, you know, and put our people through it. And then over time, just really made that program, you know, a part, you know, a part of the community, a part of what Reebok, you know, the DNA, and then turn that into, like you said, almost, you know, 500, 600 members of our gym. And then, you know, then that, you know, became obviously my full-time job. And then when we moved to uh, the seaport a couple of years ago, that's when my role increased to the entire fitness facility. So 
Um, now I oversee everything from the CrossFit gym to the studio classes to, you know, all that stuff. So my scope has increased even more and it's significant challenge just because, you know, learning new things, but also, you know, now we have externals where prior we were just internal as well. So there's the quick trip down memory, memory lane there. <laughs> that's I know awesome. that's, that's a very quick one. That's I great. We could, oh, I, we could go for hours on that. I feel like. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, if anybody wants a good, um, Austin Maliolo history mm. or like, you know, history of your life and into CrossFit and like game stuff, do they still have the podcast up? The CrossFit H2 podcast that Savon did? Yeah, it's around it's, there. I think you can still search it on uh, Apple Podcasts. You can still search it? Yeah. It's, on my, really it's on my YouTube channel too. I put, I, I asked, I posted it on my YouTube channel. So. And we'll get you on here for a second one where you can just shoot the shit a little bit more about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. It would be, ra- it, it would have a different rating. It might be more explicit in, yeah. in, the, uh, in, in the app store. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Austin, we're talking, we're getting a little bit more into the personal stuff and, and I want you to talk a little bit about, um, how you're dealing personally with the COVID stuff. We talked about, you know, how your corporate stuff at the gyms are are doing and, and, um, a little bit about your history here, but you're obviously a super internally, you know, motivated guy. You're a big routine guy as uh some might say big routine guy and so (laughs) like what is why don't you uh tell us what your routine is like how you staying motivated day to day to i mean it's a lot different being stuck in your house having to work out do the your work for your gyms and all this stuff and sometimes the days i mean i know personally days are just blending together and I, i need to i need to lean on my wife once in a while to tell her to kick my ass downstairs and, and get into the gym. What is it that you do to stay motivated and, and maybe outline a bit of your routine? Yeah. Um, so I think, I, you know, I, I, from what motivates me is a routine. Um, and I think and for me, it's the, it's, it's, that's the way it works is that um, don't get me wrong. There are days where I don't want to wake up at four 30 that I'm, I'm beat up or, you know, like you said, Oh, I'm not sure what day of the week it is, but I would say for me personally, I, I, I don't think I've ever worked harder and been more busy in the past month in my entire life um, for, uh, for multiple reasons. Um, and fortunate to have the opportunity to be busy, to be challenged, because I know a lot of people are not in the same boat. But for me, it's, you know, my routine is I wake up at 4.30, 4.45 every day, and then I work out. Um, you know, from five to six, that's my time. And because that's the baby sleeping um, and, you know, emails aren't coming in too hot. And so I, I get my time and that's super important to me. Don't get me wrong. It's, it sucks sometimes working out at 5am. There are certain things I don't want to do, but uh, recently I've had a few uh, get, you know, people join me at 5am. PT's been joining been me a little bit. Call on, yeah. And Craig's been, uh, Craig Kenny. And that I'm, it's so much easier because like, like anything, right? Like when you, when you have someone else with you, you're like, oh shit, number one, you got to wake up. Number two, you're going to work a little harder just because, you know, we're all idiots and we don't want to get beat. Um, <laughs> so that's, that, that's step one. And then from there, just, I, um, I get, I get about a half an hour of my, my time where you know, I make, I make some coffee. I, I kind of go through my emails, I usually wake up with about, you know, about 15 or 20 emails, which I try to go through before anyone wakes up, prep the day a little bit. And then at that point, Haley wakes up and in between the time she gets, she wakes up, my wife will bring her down. I'll hop and take a quick shower. That's really important to me. I know it seems weird, but I shower every morning and I get dressed for the day. Um, that's just super helpful for me in these strange times where you might never leave your house. So I wake up and I shower, get dressed for, you know, shave, get clean, get all that stuff. Then I go down, uh, help out with breakfast. And then I do an, I have an eight o'clock all team meeting every day. Um, so me and my team meet at 8 a.m. every day and we do a virtual meeting. We set the day up and then from there, the night prior, Marin and I, my wife Marin, we actually sync up our schedules when I have meetings, when I need to do something versus what she does of when we watch Haley, because obviously we don't have childcare because daycares are closed. So, you know, so I'll, after my eight o'clock, I'm, you know, if I don't have a nine, I'll take Haley for a couple hours. Marin will work and we'll go back and forth for the, really the rest of the day. Haley goes down at noon for a nap until about 2.30. And that's when we have, that's like my, our most productive, you know, two hours or two and a half hours. Cause she's down. We can just crank, 
um, you wouldn't even know that we were in the same house. I'm in the basement. She's up on the, on, on the second floor. And, um, <laughs> and then from there, yeah, we just, she goes down around six 30, uh, eat dinner. And then I usually uh, at that point get, get some more work done. Um, and then go to bed and do it all over again. That's cool. So that's, that's whole day, the whole day. The whole day is basically around, uh, the kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, all, it has to be. It, I mean, hey, cause to people who don't know, Haley is not even two, right? Like she'll yeah, be two in like September. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, actually almost the same age as uh, Maddox, right? Yeah. Maddox is, uh, almost 17 October. months old. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's, that's what, that's uh man, any parent will tell you that that's a, that's a busy, busy age. It's an, it's an age that they don't really know what's going on, but they kind of do, but they're so demanding. It's just like, like, so for you guys, Marin's working full time. So you're basically just like passing Haley off back and forth all day long. All day, back, forth, back, forth. Yeah. (laughs) So, so that's why it's important that we sync up schedules. Like, Hey, she has a meeting at X time. Got it. I have to do that. So we try to sync schedules up throughout the whole week. Um, and which is really, really helpful. Um, but it does make, I mean, every day is literally the same, like you said, uh, Pete. And it's, um, so that's for me, I'm inspired and motivated by my routine because mm-hmm. I have to do that every single day. And that's, it, it makes it easy on me. So that's cool. That's good. That's one of the things that I, I personally was focusing on a little bit. And, and when we were setting sending emails to our members, uh, I would always, when we first closed down, I, I would always try and put in a little, uh, bit of inspirational information for them and and at one of them at one point I I sent them something about routines and trying to inspire people to just despite all the chaos try and set themselves into a a routine and I know the days where there's just nothing going on that you sometimes feel a little bit more lost you know and and if you can set that that routine in place and and just kind of put everything on autopilot then you end up getting a lot more done I mean it's the exact same as as if we didn't have COVID, right, you'd say the same thing to, to people setting routines and trying to maximize the, the time in their day. And even if it's as simple as like, I know on, on the fridge, we have, uh, we've got bath night on the calendar for, mm-hmm. for Johnny, you know, it's like, we know when bath night's coming up and it's just like having that there and looking forward to that one little thing. It's like, this mm-hmm. is on the schedule and we're going to do that. It just, it helps keep you sane. Yeah. We do bath night as often as we can because it kills a half an hour. Bingo. Bingo. The other day, like, the other day, the, the boys, the boys actually took a shower. Yeah. They took a shower in the, in the afternoon because we were like just tossing a shower and they, and we did, we gave them a bath at night because we were like looking at our, our watch, like, like we got to do something. Let's go back. Oh man. It's, it's great. Best. They self entertain the in there. It's great. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's stressing me out because there's water everywhere. But yeah, bath time is fun. I silicone my whole bathroom. It's like our, our whole bathroom is just waterproofed. I have <laughs> towels it. everywhere. I'm, I'm, I just, I'm, I'm a maniac because I stressed out about the water too. That's amazing, uh, Austin. You talk about routine a lot. I, I, I know I make funny because you made that post one time. I'm, a, I'm a big routine guy. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think, uh, you're, you're, you use the word routine, but it's more like it's discipline, right? Like it's your routine, but it's, it's like, I I saw something earlier um, on Instagram from um, Meredith Root, actually she posted and she's like, let's talk about motivation. And she's like, motivation is uh, a verb or an adjective or whatever. Discipline is a state of being, right? Mm. So I I just thought that was, yeah, not, not that good either, but I just thought that was kind of cool, right? It's just like, we're trying to get people to, to stay motivated, but what we should be doing is, is uh, helping them create that discipline, create that routine of just having that fitness in their day, even in quarantine. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. I think, I think, I think people just bullshit themselves and others with it too. Like, like, I think it's okay to be negatively motivated. You know, it's like, and, and everyone's like, it's gotta be positive. It's gotta be positive. I'm like, well, you know what? I often just, I make, I'll like smash myself. I'm like, man, I got to go do this workout at, at, you know, or I got to do this because I told people I do it and I have to be a man of my word. I have to do this. 
I don't want to do it right now. Or someone else is, someone else is better than me. Someone else is not making an excuse. I will often have these like internal fights with myself all of the time. And it's not like, you know, a, a positive thing. It's more or less like, kind of like, it's, it's, I don't want to be beat. You know, I, I don't want, I don't, and, and, and I don't want someone to be better than me. So in order for me to do that, I need to be better. So I, and it, it's not every day, but there are times where I really have to pull on that. And or so I do think like, you don't want to be a slob or, or whatever. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. And, and that's another thing where I think, you know, certainly in, in the nutrition world, it's like, you know, I think it's okay sometimes. And I know gosh, probably freak people out and say, it's like kind of like earn the right to like do something like, you know what, I need to earn the right for this. I got to work out again, you know, something like that. Like, and I know we all think that, but like, you know, it's, I mean, it's okay to, to have that as long as it's not, you're not in this negative place. Like I love to work out. I love to get work done. There are just days where I'm just beat up, you know, like I'll, I'll look in the mirror. I'm like, gosh, like I got bags under my eyes. Like I'm 400 years old. Like, but who cares? But fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. Let's work out. You know? what's interesting there Austin, is like you're talking about getting motivated to work out and, and being you know and and basically being competitive because you don't want someone else to beat you but you're not really competing anymore right on like yeah. the crossfit stage so it's like talk about that like how do you you know how how do you still motivate yourself to to just want to grind it's, is it because you absolutely love it or is it because you need it is, is it yeah. are you feeling something like you know you guys know who brett Favre is right Mm-hmm. You guys watch real football up there? He's, right? an, he's yeah, an, Ameri yeah. an American foosball player? Yeah, Rez, yeah, yeah. Is, Rez is a big football fan, but I like it, we know Brett Favre is, though. <laughs> I, I figured you did, busting <laughs> your balls. Yeah, you know, you know, and I think a lot, you know, it's funny, like, I, I, everyone gave him shit for, like, being pretty much coming out of retirement, like, 18 times, you know, like, kept coming back, kept coming back. And by no means am I equating myself or, or others I know now of, of to Brett Favre, but the concept of like, I understand now that void, right? Like, what do you do when you, cause like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not like competing to go to the CrossFit games or anything like that right now, but I love working out and I love having that feeling. So I don't have a goal. Like my goal isn't to go to the games, but you know, as I look back, it's like my goal is to be able to do whatever the hell I want to do. So if I want to run a friggin' marathon and pull 600, I should be able to do that. If I want to go deadlift out at the Arnold Classic and be able to win, I want to be able to do that and not like feel like, oh, I'm out of shape. I can't do that. Like, so for me, it's I want to do cool shit, whether it's CrossFit, whether it's parts and pieces of fitness. But and, I, and, I, and so that ready state for me is very important. And for me, the bar is high, right? Like I went to the games. I know where my level of fitness is. So and I, I, in order for me to maintain that fitness, I got to do some pretty awful shit to stay fit. So I think that, and I do enjoy that, that euphoria after we're like, like, don't get me wrong at five in the morning, there are times I just I'm like, I don't want to do this. But when I sit down there at the end of it, I get about five minutes of just sort of the serenity and calm. And to me, that's really worth it. And I've actually respected that even more now in this crazy environment that we're in. We're like, even in the gyms, like before I would coach classes and I, and, and I would, Get it, I'll be like, hey guys, let's clean up or do things like that. And in the past year or so, I've, I've tried to give people more respect post-workout because for me, it's so important just to like, just be. And I love mm -hmm. that moment of silence. Um, and so that honestly motivates me now. And the only way I get that is if I, if I hammer it down to the point of like, that, of just pure death fitness, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like if, you know, I can, I'll hop on a bike, you know, and it's, it's it, you know, just kind of, oh, you know, whatever. It's not that big of a deal, but I got to smash it to the point where I got nothing left to get that special feeling. So, and I like that. And I just want to be able to do whatever, awesome. you know? Yeah, that's really, that's really cool. You were talking that's a great to... answer. Because it's, it, it kind of, kind of, I mean, we could probably apply that to why we fell in love with CrossFit in the first place, right? So, I mean, if you ask any CrossFitter in the world, it's like they crave that, uh, that ability to just be able to do whatever the, whatever they want to do. And, and CrossFit is, is an amazing tool to help achieve that. Yeah. But not only, but even to add to what you said, Rez, it's like the first time you try to CrossFit workout, you like, you like, love the way it made you feel. Pain, yeah. <laughs> so like he's talking about basically the way it feels 
when he smashes himself in the workout, it's like his motivation has come full circle for doing it almost, right? It's that first, it's that friend feeling. He puked in a bucket, but he loved it. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I really do like working out. Like I know a lot of very fit people that hate working out. Like yeah. I, I, I know some of the fittest people in the world just do not like it. Well, there's a lot of like games athletes. I mean, I, I know a couple or at least one off the top of my head who talks a lot about, uh, you know, just hating the pain and that's why maybe they retired and stuff, but. Yeah. It's just, and also it's like, how gifted are you too? Like I'm not really good at anything. So like, I have to work hard. You're like things. the best deadlifter in the world. In yeah. Kong. But like, yeah. You've won like, you've won like four <laughs> open workouts worldwide. Yes. But. I, it's you not, are a one not, trick pony. Exactly. And that's not, a, that's not talent or skill. Okay. That's just, I got a short torso, long arms, and I've, you know, and I've lifted in shitty positions for my whole life. So it, it somehow came out, you know, I found the right line of work, you know, but, um, but, you know, you take guys like, you know, like I, I'll use Spencer as an example, like dispenser is so, so gifted, you know, like. He's I such mean, an athlete. Oh, it, my dude will just work out once every other day and he'll still be super fit, look like an Adonis. <laughs> and, can do, and, and can do anything that life throws at him, you know, like, and you also see that in the CrossFit space too. People that are super, super talented, like I don't have that shit. So, and, and or, I got to work my butt off to just, to, st to st keep my head above water. And I would say that's the same way for, for anything I do. Like I'm really, I have no talents. I just will just learn, figure shit out and keep working. You know, like, I don't know. The other motivation too is like, I think, you know, we keep each other motivated. You now you're waking up in the morning, throwing down with with PT and and um, and uh, Nation there, Kenny. But you like I don't want to wake up one day and not be able to give PT and Res a push, you know. And I don't yeah. want them to wake up one day and not be able to give me a push just because we're buddies and we like working out. Like I don't want to be the bitch that's like, you know, left behind in fitness because I decided for a month straight just to give up, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like a it's like a response. I have a responsibility to my friends. <laughs> yeah. That if if we're, if, if, if we're gonna if we're gonna hang out, we're gonna throw down. You know, like, you know, even though this morning Paul destroyed me in that lunge workout, but it's cool. A deadlift workout will come wow. up soon. Well, no, no, Pete, this is the best part. We we won't be deadlifting because we work out at five a.m. So I'm, I have strict rules. I can't. We can't drop bars. <laughs> I I it can't be noisy. So I'm like, hey. Oh, true. Except the other day, uh, you could do those no touch ones I saw on Austin's Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did some of those the other day. Yeah, the, the amount the amount of like low hang work, my it's <laughs> awful. I, I mean, I, I very rarely ever pull off the floor, you know, other than my first rep because I'm always working out when Haley's sleeping. Same. So, it's I mean, but it sucks, but it's cool. But we're I'm, I'm for sure not gonna be deadlifting. I have a little hack for that gentleman. Um, if you have two ab mats, stick them under your, like for deadlifts specifically, mm. you stick them under each side of the bar and it takes, it's not loud. Yeah. And oh, you can actually, nice. yeah, you can probably just hit the ground. Yeah. Yeah. It destroys but, uh, the shit out of your ab mats though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you my, uh, for some reason, like the, our foundation or whatever it is, I'll drop, I mean, I drop I, the dumbbells this morning when I put those down, PT as an example, yeah. The the wife was not happy that it woke <laughs> her up. Sarah told me to. <laughs> yeah, oh uh, yeah. I was being yeah. so careful though. I was being so, so careful. careful. I mean, but we had like, set, I mean, we just set them down and and she's yeah. like, you decided to drop the weights on Saturday morning. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I didn't drop any weights, you know. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. All right, okay. Austin. We're at an hour here. We're gonna we're gonna wrap it up, but we we always um, we always ask our buddy Glenn. You met Glenn. We always ask him for a couple questions to ask because uh, he's kind of like the he's like the fan. He's like the audience. So we're gonna ask you a couple questions here. Answer as best as you can. From Glenn, it's the final Sunday at the games. It's not about winning. It's about competing against other people for the experience. You're in the final heat. Who do you want as your opponents? Pick, let's say pick uh, like three people. I want the best. Whoever the best is that year. I want to, if I'm the, if I'm the fifth, I want the first, second, third, and fourth people. Love it. Okay. Whoever, I, I, I know why, but you explain it. Because you, you, you play up, right? You play up. You guys played sports. I mean, 
you got to play against the best and you always compete better. So, you know, hopefully PT's in there. Hopefully my buddies are in there, but they didn't make the cut. I love them, but I don't want to compete against them. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. I mean, just no, no doubt the best. Um, I was lucky enough to make the final heat uh, in my, in 2010, I finished sixth or fifth in Amanda, which was the first workout, which put me in the last heat for the rest of the weekend. And I never left the last heat. The next year I, I had a couple, like I had an awful event, which puts me in the, in the first heats, which, you know, like you're the, in, you know, you're, you're at the lowest levels and I couldn't get out. You know, it's, it's so like, yeah. there's something to be said of being against the best. So yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely gotta be against yeah. the best. Yeah. And the other question is if you were only allowed to do, this is, a, this is a, such a specific question. It's so funny. Allowed to do 20 minute EMOMs, alternating movements for the rest of your life. What would the two movements be? <laughs> Can I choose the rep schemes? Can the rep schemes differ from day to day? Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Two movements. Two movements for the rest of your life, 20-minute EMOM format. Well, so I would say that this question doesn't have enough parameters because I've done a lot of thinking about these two movements and there's a way to cheat the system. But, <laughs> okay, so I would, tell us. So, you and can tell make us super how you cheat. So you, you can make super compound movements, right? Like I would do a squat clean thruster. That's one movement. <laughs> okay. And then I would do a burpee muscle up on the other movement. I like that. <laughs> yeah. That's great. But I yeah. think that's cheating. So I would do a uh, thruster. Um, you know, again, assuming I could change the load as well. Um, okay. I would yeah. do a thruster uh, and I would do some, probably like a, like a, honestly, like a pull up. Love it. Yeah. So, like, a, like a push, push, and then a pull. And I'm pretty sure you'd be really fucking fit for the rest of your life. Yeah, change the loads up, change the rep scheme, strict, yeah. kipping, underhand. I mean, the th I mean, the thruster is hands down one of the most beautiful garners and developers of fitness out there. It's it's unbelievable. It's crazy. Certainly, if like you think if you if you try to move well, like we were doing those stupid hang squatting thrusters the other day, Paul. Like yeah. if you really try to keep your your back rigid and your your heels your heels down, like you feel your midline just smashed. It's pretty cool stuff. So yeah, thrusters are awesome. I, I just nerd, I, I nerd out about that type of stuff. Like how quality of movement can really make the movement appropriate too. Love it. And what's, what's wow. your best, what's your, uh, this is one that I just thought of. What's your most memorable games moment of you, of you competing? Most memorable. Not, not of you being on the demo team with, uh, with me in 2016. <laughs> All right, I'll put that one, I'll put, I'll, I'll put that one on the back seat. So unfortunately most mem, I have, my most memorable is a bad, a bad one. It was, oh, wow. it's, it's wet. And it's when it's on the burden run in 2013. Oh when my God, yeah. I came in the stadium third, I did everything came to plan. Like I was like, and it was like the first event. It was like, it was it stadium was full, came in, you could pick your lane and it was a sled drag. And I um, dragged the sled halfway and I, I couldn't drag it any further. Stopped. And I watched the entire field pass me and finish. And there's a picture. You can probably have seen it. I've posted it a few times. It's just me dragging the sled. I think Fronings around me, Jason Kalipa, uh, West Piat, and then um, – and, Garrett uh, Fisher, and, I think. Yeah, Garrett Fisher. And they told me how to, to choke up on it more, which lifted the front end. And then I could – and I just walked it in there with ease. So oh. – so the multiple levels, why, why I'll never forget it because it to this day it invokes a feeling of disgust and and my I want to throw up and I hate it and it it put me in the back of the heats and I never recovered emotionally. I remember my Marin was fucking crying. She was a mess. She, she, it was just a, it was a, it was awful. And but I learned so much as a competitor. I learned so much as an athlete. And it was probably, I, I learned more from that single experience, I think, in my competitive career than anything else. Um, and so most memorable, yeah, but by no means is it a positive memory, but it, I took some positive from it. Yeah, absolutely. I know it doesn't have to be positive for it to be memorable at all. That's, that's cool. I didn't, uh, I've never seen that before. I'm going to have to go look that up. Yeah, I mean, it's, you'll, it's, I mean, it's not pretty. I was in the stands watching. I remember. I remember yeah, I mean, if, too. yeah, so. I actually had money on you that year, Austin. Yep, yep. See, I, I screwed that up. See, I, I just 
And that was part, and, and honestly, that was part of it too. Like, like cause I, I, I felt, I took on all of that. Like I was just, I felt like I let, was letting everyone down. It, it was a, it was a dark spot to be in the rest of that weekend. Cause I was just taking it all on. I was, it was a, it was a classic mistake as a newer athlete when you really fail of how you respond. And it was, and I did, I did a poor job at it. Thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Amazing. I like hearing that. Thanks, Austin. Listen, um, I think that was a great chat. Uh, maybe we'll have you back on one day to just talk more about specific stuff like coaching because I know, you know, with the hand plan, you guys, you know, help out affiliates and you program. So that's, that's probably a subject for another day. But Hey, does the, that, hand, uh, does the hand plan want to come on uh, the full team with us? I mean, I don't know if, if – the, the squares can handle it but yeah absolutely yeah, I, we think get, we could, I think we can manage it i said, I, the, same, I said the same thing to, to james but um i think i speak for for these guys too we look up to you guys up in boston what you guys are doing and with uh with one nation and the work you guys do at reebok and the the excellent coaching and just training environment is is something that we've been trying to emulate for for some years so thanks for being on the podcast dude well, thanks, guys. You guys are doing the damn thing and stay safe up there and keep inspiring people. And, you know, as America's top hat, I appreciate what you're doing up top. <laughs> Thank You're you. welcome. <laughs> Talk See soon. You, man. See you, man. Bye, guys.